Hey everybody, this is Brandon from Radio Fear, and welcome back to another preview of episodes we got going over at Patreon. Now this is for our $5 True Deadhead tier over at Patreon. I just wanted to give you guys a little preview of stuff that you can expect over there. You uh, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash radiofear. Support us at at least the $5 tier. You get an episode that we do exclusively for the Patreon. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the, the preview. If you're listening to this, then I must warn you. Tread carefully, for the information within these forgotten manuscripts may have been hidden intentionally. These are Radio Fear's Lost Pages. Welcome to Radio Fears The Lost Pages. I'm Brandon, and with me is the return of the legend, the one and only, our lord and savior, Tony Lampanelli. Why do you have to dox me that hard? <laughs> Tony Rigatoni. Yes, it's T- me. Tony Rick and Morty. Morty. Morty gotta throw money. You gotta, you gotta pay money to listen to a Patreon episode, Morty. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but the people who listen to this did pay us five dollars. Okay, cool. <laughs> and that gets them about four hours of our time edited down to about forty-five minutes. Please tell me we're not recording until one in the morning. <laughs> That's the plan. So today, <laughs> I'm kidding. Today, you need to call my mom. Tell her I'll be late to dinner tomorrow. Um, and today we're talking about Mad God because me and Tony watched it and now I'm furious. Are you? No. Oh, okay. That was a pretty good time. It was a crazy fucking trip. And so we're going to talk about it here today. But before we do that, let's take a moment to catch up with Tony because he hasn't been on the show for a hot minute. So, Tony, what have you been up to horror wise since. Oh God! What creep show? History of horror? Oh no! Uh, Have I even our, been on the show before? A, our Christmas special. You showed up at the end. So what have you been up to, horror-wise, since Christmas? Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> has it been that long? It has. It's almost Halloween. <laughs> oh God! Where to start? Probably December twenty-sixth. Oh. <laughs> that would be a good spot, wouldn't it? I, I know it's been almost exclusively games. Any movies? Not really, no. <laughs> I mean, I've been up to uh, Dead by Daylight. Uh, a lot. Phasmophobia. Yeah. Not so much, actually. Oh. Uh, a little. We played some Evil Dead together. Yeah, we did. And that was a hoot. Yeah. Got a lot of pink fuck. Got a lot of pink fuck. I went through and beat Resident Evil 7. I started Resident Evil 3, the remake, finally, after owning it since it came out. (laughs) And that was at my request. The Mortuary Assistant dropped, and I played that game to death as well. Oh, you also played uh, Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah, and I got the really hard achievement on accident. (laughs) So it's been mostly games for you? No horror movies at all? Tony, how could you? I could show you, but it would be awfully boring. (laughs) It starts with me just not turning on the TV. 
We're talking Mad God today. Disgruntled deities, let's go. Angry Sky Fathers. Sky Daddy. <laughs> Angry Sky Daddy. But without further ado, let's get into Mad God. of Phil Tippett 30 years in the making. The same legendary Phil Tippett that worked on special effects in Star Wars, Robocop films, and Jurassic Park. Mad God started during his work on Robocop 2 and he would do it as a side project for years to come until Jurassic Park. The revolutionary CGI work he figured was going to put him out of business so even though he had done a lot of work on Mad God at that point, he scrapped it and didn't go back to it for about five or six years until he was pretty much begged by his colleagues and fans to continue the work of Mad God. And he started up a Kickstarter, which got enough money for him to fund his side project even further. And then after several years and after several previews of the film, that basically was a third of the film was previewed years before it was released. We got Mad God on Shudder, and it is currently sitting at the top of Shudder's premiere exclusives, which is pretty impressive to me. Oh yeah. Uh, so what's what took so long? It's a, it's a stop motion animated film, start to finish with some live action in there. It thought to just hurry up the process a little bit because it's the, the live action bits are few and far between. And watching this movie, you could tell exactly how it took 30 years to do. In fact, at one point during its production and its creation, Phil Tippett, he would let students of his work on Mad God for uh, more experience in, in the creation and animation and special effects and whatnot. The students worked on Mad God on Saturdays. And the scene where there's the mountain of dead soldiers was done by melting thousands of little army men together on wire. It took six of the students three years to complete that one scene. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> That's a chunk of time. Yeah, there, there's a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifice that went into this film. And you can tell. You can tell watching it that this was a... Uh, what did you call it, Tony? Labor of love. Labor of love. That's what it was. And Some L and L. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lesbian of love. For the love of lesbians. For the love of lesbians. Oh, God for the love of lesbians. <laughs> but yeah, watching this, you could see it took 30 years to make. There was a few scenes in there specifically when we saw them. Like that overshot when he's driving the motorcycle and there's like the muddy area with the reflective light coming off of the puddles and the wet sand. I saw that scene and the detail in, the, in that scenery that they created for there. And I'm like, yeah, this took 30 years. 
<laughs> yeah. This took more than a weekend. Mad God, Tony, could you in your own words give me a brief synopsis of this film? Well, it's kind of hard to do it completely in my own words because up until reading the synopsis on Shudder, I would have just called him the dude. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. But they continually refer to him as the assassin that doesn't assassinate things, apparently. <laughs> He's sent to assassinate stuff. He's just not very like good at what? his job. There's so many things. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Uh, I think he sent to assassinate that nurse thing. I don't know. Dude, who knows? Maybe maybe the nurse, maybe the uh, axolotl things that are hanging out in the jar. Anyway, fucking a dude is sent on a mission with a briefcase to an abstract world that kind of resembles hell, for lack of better words. Or a whole ass nightmare. I, I would say pick. both of those things work together pretty well. A whole ass nightmare in hell on the beach. The 30 year beach nightmare abstract horror <laughs> hell. So he's taking this briefcase uh, that has a bomb inside of it to detonate it in hell. He's trying to kill hell. He's basically Doom Guy with a lot less weapons. So this is a new movie, and I kind of want to do like a, a non-spoiler and a spoiler section. That's normally what I would do with a new movie, but a movie like this is kind of fucking hard to spoil because it makes so little, like, clear sense. The only sense that I gleaned from the whole thing was, um, everything is topsy-turvy and the assassin really does not want to hear the radio for whatever reason. True. <laughs> That's about the only two solid thoughts I had about that movie. That radio has to turn the fuck off or he will go nuts. Yeah, and apparently he's really good at hot-wiring cars that probably didn't need a whole lot of hot-wiring. Uh, yeah, those Humvees. They don't need keys to begin with. Going back to your point, I was going to say let's put a pin in it and talk about it later, but let, fuck it, let's go ahead. Uh, what good is a bomb going to do in a land where constant nukes are going off? Yeah, there was one scene with, like, what, four going off simultaneously? Yeah, just, like, four distant mushroom clouds and the fifth one forming over the horizon. Yeah, it's like, yeah, man, uh, we live in explosion. Yeah. Explosion's gonna do a lot of good, promise. It'll really bring the garden together. But then in the end, it did. <laughs> did it? Yeah, it set off at the end. If you're talking, like, Doctor Strange... Yeah. I mean, if that's the whole point, then he's done it many times because there were several briefcases in that room. But they all froze right before exploding for some reason that we didn't really fully get an answer to, or at least there was an answer, but we weren't clever enough to get it. Because I know it starts playing with time at the end of the movie, and it started playing with time a little bit, or at least the perception of time in the hospital Scene you gotta love that jaw harp going yeah. ham. Oh god. <laughs> bring, 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 bring. Boing. It probably wasn't a jaw harp, but it, I'd like to think it was. It sounds a lot like one. Okay, so Tony. <laughs> yes, my child. What what is your your opinion of this film? What what do you say overall? How do you, how do you feel about it? Uh, perplexed. 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 If I was going to use one word, perplexed would be a good word. 
would you say you enjoyed it? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it was fun to watch. Right. However, there's stuff in there that intentionally makes you uncomfortable or uneasy. I wasn't, I wasn't horribly uncomfortable or uneasy. I was unsettled, sure. One of those unwords, Tony. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unraveled. Unraveled. <laughs> Completely distraught. <laughs> I, I can't anymore. As soon as they, they funneled the shit into that creature's mouth. That was, was pretty, out. That was pretty gross, though. That was nasty as fuck. It was fucking nasty. Visually, I fucking love this movie. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, yeah. No, it was fucking beautiful. But that is the basis of which you are supposed to like this movie because everything else is kind of like... What? <laughs> uh, pardon me, but... Huh? <laughs> Can you run by me again? Yeah, and, and because of that, it's kind of hard to talk about on a podcast. It's all sound, you know? It's all audio. I mean, we, we can go back to the whole idea that the entire movie is topsy-turvy on purpose. Yeah. I mean, topsy-turvy and... I'm going to use the word mature. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, would you not call it mature? I, I'm just, you, you need to be mature enough to witness dicks and not be like, he or is. Yeah. Or that's also more than likely the response I, that's supposed to be elicited from that. I feel like a lot of times when dicks were shown, it was kind of a ew moment because of the dicks and what they're attached to. <laughs> yeah. Or like the disgustingness of them or the fact that they get erect when the creature's being electrocuted zapified yeah by some some tesla coil looking ass that's his kink i'm not shaming i'm not shaming this monster for you know enjoying that I'm not gonna kink shame whatever the fuck he's supposed to be some cave troll yeah i think cave troll i think that's a pretty good descriptor something about him seemed very greek to me yes yeah. that's, that's, that's something i wanted to get on this hits a lot of Dante's Inferno vibes. This hits a lot of different vibes for me, and I was talking about it while we were watching the movie. Big one is Dante's Inferno, especially in like three-fourths of the way through the movie. It starts hitting some really big Dante's Inferno vibes. But also the fact that the assassin, our protagonist, is going through different layers of this hellish landscape. Question though, since I keep using topsy-turvy as a good descriptor for the movie, uh -huh. Is it safe to assume that the assassin is the protagonist? I would say yes. Think so? What if he's the antagonist? Well, I don't know because it, see, this, this movie's fucking weird, right? We can we can get into that. Why do you think it's called Mad God? And I think from from reading after seeing the movie, I think the Mad God was supposed to be as that guy with the long fingernails because he lives like way up above all of this bullshit and he's sending people down like angels or assassins. So maybe that is the mad god so the mad god's not the villain because the whole time we were it was kind of like an ongoing joke while we were watching the movie something horrific would show up and every time we were like is that the mad god <laughs> like when nito showed up yeah or the fame. the uh the the face making the baby noises on the the monitors oh my god i loved that i was like tony do you think that's the mad god <laughs> I, I think it might be <laughs> not like the our immediate nod with the baby slug monster oh, was God. crying during around the same scene. They're like, what is with horror 
and taking this direction ever since Resident Evil 8. Why? I specifically blamed it on you. I was like, every time we get together, Tony, there's some horror there's baby. Always a baby slug. <laughs> That's it for the preview. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you're interested in listening to the rest of the episode, just join us at Patreon, patreon.com slash radio fear. The, uh, the rest of that episode gets pretty crazy. I mean, it's a crazy fucking movie to talk about and we get into some even darker twisted shit in that episode. So hope you guys enjoyed this.